speakers. This is Castle Down FM. News update. From the Sky News Centre at 7. A former investigator involved in the prosecutions of sub-postmasters has insisted he was never told anything was wrong with the Horizon accounting system as he appeared before an inquiry. Stephen Bradshaw has denied he and colleagues behaved like mafia gangsters towards post office staff, hundreds of whom were wrongly convicted. Former sub-postmistress Janet Skinner was jailed because of discrepancies on her system and was investigated by Mr Bradshaw. She's given her reaction to his evidence. Quite annoying more than anything, but I think also it's quite refreshing to see him on the other side of the fence being questioned. Israel has dismissed as baseless a case against the country at the International Criminal Court, accusing it of carrying out a genocide in Gaza. It's been brought by South Africa, which is pressing for an order to, for all military operations there to stop. Zain Danga is Director General of South Africa's Department of International Relations and Cooperation. 1% of Gazan population being killed in this conflict is significant. That percentage alone makes this one of the most devastating wars that have um, impacted civilians in the last 100 years. That, in our view, cannot be a mistake. An oil tanker has been captured in the Gulf of Oman by Iran. The ship was reported to have been boarded by armed men in military uniforms this morning. The US aviation regulators announced it's formally investigating Boeing after a plane's lost a door mid-flight. The FAA wants to know if the aircraft maker failed to ensure it completed its completed products were in a safe condition. Scotland will follow England and Wales in banning unlicensed Exile bully dogs. The First Minister's confirmed the move, saying he plans to replicate UK legislation. And petrol is now cheaper than at any point in more than two years. The AA says the average cost of a litre of unleaded was £1.40 yesterday, the lowest since October 2021. That's the latest. I'm Charlie Max. We are... We are... Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Well, good evening and welcome along to tonight's programme. And uh, I'm joined by Bryn Howarth, as well as uh, talking about his own solo career. We shall be exploring a recent release of some songs that Jerry Rafferty had recorded before he died and have now been completed and released on an album that Bryn Howarth has contributed to. And we're going to start, uh, though, with this track from uh, Sam and Dave. And you'll be hearing as to why I uh, we're playing this in a few minutes. But this is uh, called Soul Man.
interesting tonight, uh, Bryn Howarth. Uh, great to have you along. You were with us uh, once before, but it's great to have you back. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be with you. Good. Thank you. Can I just start off? Um, you actually made, well, your kind of first band you were really kind of successful with was Fleur de Lis, and uh, that brought you into the attention of some soul greats uh, like Isaac Hayes and Sam Dave, I believe. Is that correct? Well, Isaac Hayes, yeah, we, we were um, the house band in the 67, 68 uh, for um, Atlantic Records. Mm hmm. Um, Polydor basically at that time and so we got to to do all the uh, a lot of records for visiting artists American artists and uh, English artists as well and uh, and so one of the um, artists that came when the Stax review came over with Sam and Dave and Otis Redding um, yeah. Isaac Hayes and David Porter were the main writers you know they wrote Hold On I'm Coming and things mm -hmm. like that for Sam and Dev and so they needed some demos doing and, and so we did their demos uh, for them while they were here which is very cool <laughs> very <laughs> because we love that kind of music you know exactly I mean, brilliant yeah. and, and did that have quite an influence on you in the early days yeah well we we were um, we were very influenced it was it was called I mean they call it now they call it freak beat uh, right. We didn't have a name for it, but it was basically psychedelic pop, basically. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, in the late 60s, 60s, uh, 7, 68. Um, but uh, it was mainly, we would do a lot of covers, you know, Motown covers, Stax covers, uh -huh. and then write our own stuff as well. So we had quite a varied musical platform to, to come off, and that's why working with other other artists, it, it broadened that. I mean, we, I remember doing a demo with Barney Kessel, who's a jazz guitar player, mm -hmm. American jazz guitar player, and that was completely different. He wanted to experiment a little bit with modern music as well, and pop music, and so we had this mix of jazz and pop. It was really interesting. I wish I could listen to these things now, but I don't know where they are, whether they ever got. <laughs>
Sorry, I was going to say that crossover of, of styles is always really quite quite dramatic and and actually really adds a lot, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, back then, the sixties, um, you had uh, it was a lot more variety in, in say, like say when the Beatles first came out. You know, you would have mm. you know the classics, uh, Taste of Honey, all that, and then they do write their own songs and then do Kansas City or money they'd be doing other people's songs there's a real variety and then they do a country song you know I need on stuff yeah. like that and yeah. Carl Perkins stuff And um, but there's a lot more variety musically I mean if you look at the chart uh, the top 20, 50 in the 60s it's like mind boggling what the difference you know uh, in in types of music that were out it's very similar now Bryn, you, uh, you've recorded many albums over the years, um, and first of all, you were with Island Records, and uh, uh, did Chris Blackwell sort of offer the recording contract to you, or how did that come about? Well, I was, I was friends for quite a while with a guy called John Porter, who was uh, the bass player for Roxy Music mm-hmm. at, at that time, and, and um, i just come back from America, and uh, I was living in Wales, and I'd written some songs, and then came to London, I stayed with him for a while and he said well I, I know the you know obviously being on Island Records Roxy Music he says so mm-hmm. I can you know take your t- tapes to um, Richard Williams who was the A&R man for Island at that time and uh, Richard really liked it and he signed me and then 
uh, I mean, he obviously took, he took us back well. I met Chris Blackwell a couple of times, but, um, but basically everything was sanctioned by him, and, uh, and then I did a couple of albums, albums for Ireland. Yeah, brilliant. And then, of course, you went to A&M Records. Uh, what was it like yeah. being a recording artist with uh, those kind of big record labels? It's fantastic. I mean, the, I mean, the Ireland was great because they had their own studio in, in the complex. And so uh-huh. it was a great, they had a great rehearsal studio and they also had a, a studio downstairs which I recorded things like uh, Sunnyside Street, the whole album was down there. Uh-huh. And then they also had Basing Street, which, uh, which is a great um, studio where a lot of the you know, Bob Marley stuff was done. Yeah. Really, you know, and um, Free and all these guys. It was, it was a great studio. And so the whole, it was so easy to record then and you had great facilities and great engineers working working with you. But uh, it, I think, and also, I think for Ireland, they had, they had the, in the building at St. Peter's Square, they had the, an artist um, cafe, lounge. Oh, yeah. You could meet. And uh, so, you, you know, you'd go in there anytime and you sit, next to you know talk, talking to Steve Winwood and you know <laughs> or, or uh, you know from the rock music or you know goes to the toilet and you're standing next to uh, Brian Ferry you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're always like you, you know you're always, it was great you talk to I, I remember I remember Steve Winwood Winwood saying to me he said what's that little thing that you're playing you know and I said it's a mandolin <laughs> and uh, he said oh okay and, and uh, he really he got one and he really picked up on it and he used it a lot on his on his in his musical journey oh. but things like that you share ideas with people and uh, you know Brilliant. there's a rehearsal place there as well so it, it's, it's great and then the same with A&M they didn't have the musical you didn't have the musical context there but, uh, that you did at Ireland mm-hmm. um, but um, but you know obviously there was the police were on there at the same time so I was yeah, there Doug and Lyle yeah. they had some great John Armour trading oh, that's how I got wonderful. to work on her album um because of being on A&M. Yeah. Oh, 
remember you know, from the 1970s you did some sessions for John Peel's BBC One Radio One programme and also you appeared on BBC Two's The Old Grey Whistle Test both were iconic programmes what, what are your memories of those times? Uh, just being left alone to uh, do your do three songs with do your own links uh-huh. and all there is in the room is Bob Harris just basically sitting there listening to you and about, about three cameras you know and it's yeah. like it's the weirdest thing <laughs> yeah. you know they, they trusted trusted you to do your own links and talk about the songs and stuff like that it's, it was really you know the, the I look back at it now and think, boy, that would never happen now. No, but, no. But, um, yeah, the, the Old Wood Grey Whistle Test was a great, great program, and Bob Harris was wonderful, too. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh- She's 91 and he's 94, looking at him bobbing on the ballroom floor. Get out of the way Riding on people just fade away Uh, 
heard that even the great Jimi Hendrix was an admirer of your guitar playing. I mean, you can't get better than that, can you, Brian? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I we we had a residency, uh, the Floaty Lee, in, in this club called the Speakeasy in Margaret Street, and uh, and so when the artists would finish their gigs, they'd come into the club after. So you get the Beatles, you get mm-hmm. Eric Clapton and Hendrix, and they would all come in after hours. And so I always kept a spare guitar now on stage, just in case anybody wants to jam. And so right. one night, Jimi Hendrix comes in, and he, and he he liked a solo that I'd done on a record. Uh, it's called Hold On. And, and uh, he, he said, hey, man, I really like that. That solo you did. I thought, oh, great, <laughs> fantastic. And... Uh, he, he said, can I buy you a drink? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll have a rum and coke. And we sat down and talked and stuff like that. And so I said, do you want to come up and jam? And he said, yeah, man. And so he took, I, I had oh, got two guitars and he took one of my guitars and turned it upside down because he's left. Yeah, you're left handed, wasn't he? And we did um, uh, Red House and Purple Haze and things like that. And, mm, amazing. Uh, just jammed a bit. So it's a great, that's a great memory. Yeah. yeah.
for her untimely death was your composition Moments from 1977. Yeah. It must have been a great privilege to have such a wonderful singer like Sandy Day perform that song. It was. I mean, we, I, 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 tour, I supported Fairport Convention on a couple of tours. And mm-hmm. uh, she, she, was, she was singing then. And, and uh, I remember, I think I played it to her one time. That's all. I, I can't remember ever. I just played it one time to her. Mm-hmm. Know, and uh, next thing I know, she's recorded it. And so it was quite a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. But um, it was even more poignant that it was her last recording. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Cause, cause, well, they say it was, but uh, on, on the on the albums, and mm. so, but uh, which is quite poignant, really, under some moments. These are the moments that we love so well. If I had my life to live 
And on uh, the album The Gap, uh, which was recorded at Chapel Lane Studios, you were joined by Bruce Rowland and Chris Dainton, both of whom had been on your island records in uh, the 1970s, and previously they had been members of Joe Cocker's Grease Band. What was it like working with them? Well, um, <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I had I had Alan Spanner on bass, who was mm-hmm. Joe Cocker's bass player as well, Chris Dainton on keyboards, Bruce uh, on drums and uh, I'd met I'd, I'd met them in England before and, uh, and I met Bruce uh, in America and I was playing with him with mm-hmm. various bands just jamming and things like that and I came back to England and, and we were going to start a band together with me and an American guy Kokomo called Kokomo and um, but it it didn't happen but because I was in touch with these guys and uh I think they they just must have liked the music because uh, when I asked them, they said, yeah, 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 no, we'll do it, we'll do Mm, it. Brilliant. And so I got uh, the Grease Band. Mm. (laughs) Excellent. Try not to sing out of key. Oh, I need a son. 
I'm certain it happens all the time, yeah. What do you see when you turn on the light? I can't tell you, but it sure feels like mad.
And in 2020, you a bit more up to date now. In 2021, you released uh, the album Ready or Not. Uh, was it like many of the albums at the time, sort of recorded during lockdown? Uh, well, I mean, I I quite like lockdown actually because <laughs> well, you didn't. I mean, in the sense of that you could just really focus on songwriting and you couldn't go out and play. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. Financially, it was hard. But oh. the thing is that your outlays weren't weren't as big because uh, you were at home all the time and sure. and, um, and so I could focus more on recording and just uh, and uh, doing demos at home and so Ready or Not really came out of that and I. Um, and I, yeah, I was, I, funny enough, I haven't listened to it really since for a long time, months mm-hmm. now. And so I listened to it today, and I thought, well, oh, it's a good album. It's really nice. Good. The songs are good. I thought that was the main thing for me. The songs are really good on there, on that album. And so I was quite happy with it. And actually, you talk about you know the fact you because of lockdown you were at home more. You actually uh, recorded a track on that album called "All Is All I Need Is a, Is a Home." Sorry, I'll say that again. Yeah. You recorded a track on there called "All I Need Is a Home." So you know was that because home was so important? Well, not really. It's just that the things I recorded that some fifty years ago on on I, the Island record, my first album. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but the thing is that. I've written quite a few songs on the theme of home, and I think home is. It, I just wanted to re-record it because it's just it's such a much more. It's still relevant now, you know that sense of uh, home that people mm-hmm. struggling to keep a home and find a home and lo- you know lose a home and and uh, I just thought it was still relevant, and I wanted to do it again. I mean, I, I had to sleep. I was on the streets basically when I first came down to London when I was seventeen, eighteen years really? old. Uh, I was sleeping in a bus station in London Goodness me. Uh, at night, and I didn't have anywhere else to stay. And it's hard; it's really hard if you have to live on uh, without a home. And uh, I think spiritually, it's um, you know everybody has a desire for home. It's a physical thing and a spiritual longing that's, mm. that's deep within us. And uh, it's like I always think, you know, that film ET. Yeah, <laughs> I love that film. Where you know, in this, when the the little the, the he she or it. <laughs> Save a place for you, babe. 
Well, as well as recording your latest solo album in 2021, you were able to contribute to a new album by Jerry Rafferty. How did that come about? Uh, well, I'd done about five or six albums with Jerry over the years. Um, I think the first one was Snakes and Ladders we did, mm-hmm. and Jiffy Norton, and uh, I met him then, and um, it just got on really well with him and his producer, Hugh, Hugh Murphy, who sadly died. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, and then he would call me up every now and then to to go on albums that he, he'd done and and this uh, I mean he died ten years ago but um, his, his daughter Martha gathered together a lot of uh, demos he'd done mm-hmm. things he hadn't finished but that, that had finished vocals his vocals were finished right but the tracks. Or were weren't properly done. I mean, I'd, I'd actually played on, played on a few of the, the demos mm-hmm. already, but uh, and so she just gathered the things up and um, said, uh, you know, let's do and let's finish these off. And so she gave me about five or six tracks, I think, five tracks to mm-hmm. do. We did stuck in the middle again. I know that. And, yeah, um, you also. Uh, I mean, one of the tracks you played on was a slide guitar on a track uh, Still in Denial which uh, included a harmonica by Mark Rafferty was that his son? Um, I don't know I don't know he's, he's just got one he's got Martha Mark I think it must be a brother or a okay mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah I mean, you played that track so you remember about that your original playing what? of it? who played what? so do you remember your original playing of slide guitar on that track? yes I did uh, Still in Denial we did that What's that? Um, no, I don't. I, I can't. I can't remember where it was. Mm-hmm. But but um, I did that. I did that one again. I think we did it in. We did a load of stuff for an album we did in another called Another World, and that was in Barbados. All oh, right. And, and I think it, we we recorded still in denial on that one, and but he didn't put it out. Mm-hmm. And then so so I got a to record re-record the slide on that one.
Thistledown FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Certainly is, and it's been great uh, talking to uh, Bryn um, Bryn Howarth, and uh, I shall continue to do that after the news. But let's go up to the news uh, with one of the greatest tracks, really, of Joey Ruffy, the one that he's really well known for. This is Baker Street.
FM, online and through your smart speakers. This is Castle Down FM News Update. From the Sky News Centre at 8. Rishi Sunak's called an urgent meeting of his cabinet tonight where it's thought he'll discuss strikes on Houthi fighters in Yemen. The Iran-backed rebel group has been attacking international shipping in the Red Sea. Both the US and UK have issued a series of warnings. Our deputy political editor, Sam Coates, says the Houthis have been ignoring those. There's a statement from the Americans uh, that say that at 2am Yemen time there was yet another attack by the Houthis on international shipping it could well be that that is the thing that has pushed the international community, Britain and America, to act. Israel has dismissed a claim in the International Criminal Court that it's carrying out a genocide in Gaza. The case is being brought by South Africa, which is pressing for all military action there to stop. A post office investigators denied bullying sub-postmasters and behaving like a mafia gangster. Stephen Bradshaw has been giving evidence at the public inquiry into the Horizon scandal. We saw hundreds of workers wrongly convicted because of faulty accounting software. He was involved in nine of the cases, but he told the hearing he wasn't technically minded and knew nothing about bugs or errors. I have no reason to suspect at the time that there was anything wrong with the Horizon system because we've not been told. Uh, and that's over the time of your entire career? Correct, yes. No problems were indicated by anybody that there was issues with the Horizon system. Scotland is going to replicate new Westminster rules on XL bully dogs. It follows an influx of the animals from south of the border since plans to ban the breeding, selling and abandonment of them in England and Wales. The number of women in the UK dying within six weeks of childbirth is at its highest level in nearly 20 years. Thrombosis and blood clots in the veins are the biggest causes. And in sport, Tottenham have completed the signing of Radu Draguzin from Genoa. The Romanian international defender has signed a six and a half half-year deal with the Premier League club. That's the latest. I'm Charlie Maggs. We are, we are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. When you're rocked on the ocean, rocked up and down, don't worry. When you're spinning and turning around and around, don't worry. You're just feeling seasick, you're just feeling weak, your mind is confused and you can't. It's just emotion It's just emotion When the landlord is knocking And your job is losing Don't worry When the baby needs rocking And your friends are confused Just feeling seasick You're 
song that Jerry wrote with Joe Egan uh, when he was part of Steeler's Will, Stuck in the Middle with You. Was that a real pleasure to do? Yeah, well, it, it's quite daunting, really, because it's like, you know, trying to build the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, because everybody knows the song. Yeah, everybody knows it, and um, so they wanted to do it updated a bit, and so so I, 
had to really, you know, try my best to try and put some different stuff in it. Mm. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it works all right. I think but, it did, um, yeah. But um, yeah, it was. But I think the record company wanted that one on because um, that's a popular song. Mm. Well, we'll play that uh, in a few minutes, but uh, you heard just, uh, it's just the motion. And uh, that was uh, actually written by uh, Richard Thompson, because in fact, Jerry Rafferty uh, was going to produce an album for uh, uh, Jerry Rafferty. In fact, they started it and recorded it, but in the end, uh, Richard didn't really quite like how it came out and uh, redid it himself uh, later with Joe Boyd. But uh, yeah, it, it from the original uh, tapes, here is uh, one of those from uh, Richard Thompson, uh, from those original tapes. This is called Shoot Out the Lights.
music for everyone, everywhere. We are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Right, here we go. again as you put this album together oh, it's magnificent it's, you know to hear his voice I mean I, I love working with Jerry oh. he was such a, a great musician and a deeply spiritual person as well and uh, you know it was great spending time with him and, and we had some really he took us one time he, he took us to the south of France in Provence oh yeah yeah to record uh, an album and then in, we went to Barbados. So you, so you had some nice perks for some time playing with him. But, um, you know, he had to work hard. He, he 
basically uh, really make you work and uh, and uh, he, he was very good at letting you come up you know you play the song and see what you came up with and if if there was something that he he felt was better he mm. would he would just sing it to you and he'd sing an idea of a line you know like the Baker Street thing da, yeah, da, sure. da, 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 da. well that was his his line he, and mm. Raphael Ravenscroft he just played his line and he would do that um, if you if it, and it would always fit incredible so it's great working with people who are very musical like that and see mm-hmm. things and you're saying about uh, Baker Street, I think a lot of people, because that was such a massive hit and, you know, it's played uh, on the radio so much even now, people probably think that actually Jerry Rafferty was one of these stars who, you know, was, had, had so much money and, and could just sort of walk around and just do what he wanted. Uh, whereas, as you say, it wasn't like they had to work really hard. You did. Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously when, when you get success like that, um, there is more money around to make record and you can spend more time. <laughs> making them than you can otherwise but um i mean but um he he was just he's just very very you know concerned about the music and how it sounded and he he, he was open as well to, to if you could bring contributions as to what you felt would fit his song and he, he he would give you freedom as well but you know you you work on something for about six hours you know mm-hmm. it's just a solo kind of thing which was great you know because you could really get into it and get the sound right and get everything good about it
from time to time and uh, are you going to be doing some festivals uh, I haven't been asked to do any festivals um, I'm, I, I do a lot of prison work so I've got a lot mm-hmm. of prison work in my diary uh, going into prisons um, and then I've got I'd like to do some more solo concerts and I think I've probably got one up in Scotland so far I mean it's just uh, you know getting I do I, yeah so concert work as well so mm-hmm. yeah I'll be doing that yeah uh, and one of the great uh, tracks you, you did in the past was We Are One, and there's some kind of a similar sort of feel to that on your uh, last album where you recorded Let's Work Together. So is that very much kind of what you feel, that you know we need to sort of have this uh, unity between us? Well, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's just people can't agree about anything, really, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> you know, so... But I, I think I think one of the things over the last three years that really struck me is the need for community and and watching how community can, community community can really work mm. work well, you know, and uh, we just the whole thing of needing each other to look after each other, 
on in the lockdown on our street you know it, it really changed the street mm-hmm. and uh, people know each other now and, and communicate and uh, care for one another and i thought in you know this year in the coming years we're going to need community even more uh, to look after each other and to make sure everything's okay because government government can't fix everything and that's the, the, the fact of it really mm-hmm. it needs people to to be active and especially as Christians and I mean God has given us this ministry of reconciliation mm-hmm. uh, and so we do have that calling on our lives and to, and to to make things to make things work as long as it depends on, depends on us really and so I thought it's a new way of saying we're all one you know yeah. Well, let's work together. I like that song anyway. I've, I've been doing it in concert for a while. Mm. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you, Bryn. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us on Castle Down thank FM. Thank you.
We are. We are. Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G.
Yeah, live version there of uh, We're All One from Bryn Howarth. And uh, on drums was Henry Spaniti, uh, bass Les Moore, keyboards uh, Dave Bainbridge, uh, who of course we had on the uh, um, had on the program last week actually. Uh, guitar and vocals Bryn Howarth, uh, sax Steve Gregory, trumpet flugelhorn uh, Rule O Delivia, uh, backing vocals by Julie Costello and uh, John Perry. Uh, right, we're going to now actually go way back into uh, Bryn Howarth's uh, early career and uh, this is when he was with the band uh, the fleur de Lis, and this is one girl city <laughs> So far behind It's a one-girl city And I gotta get you off of my mind I'm walking down A Harlem street I see your pretty face On all the people I meet I find a bar I'm gonna get stoned The more I drink The more I think I'm not alone I gotta get you off of my back child so far behind It's a one-girl city And I gotta get you off of mine to uh, that album that uh, Bryn was talking about by Jerry Rafferty, the uh, Rest in Blue, uh, the album that uh, was uh, has been made more recently, uh, but originally some of the uh, demos were certainly done 10 years ago. And we're going to play a track now called Keeper of My Soul, and on this track you've got uh, vocals and backing vocals. Uh, Backing vocals and guitars by Jerry Rafferty. Uh, guitars by Bryn Howarth. Bass, John Gibling. Hammond organ and piano by Alan Clark. Drums and percussion by Mark Pusey. Mandolin, tenor, guitar and bass by Andy Peterson. And backing vocals also by Katie Kisson. So some great uh, musicians there. And here it is. This is called Keeper of My Soul. <laughs> ¶¶ 
Jerry Rafferty from, as I say, that album which has come out uh, Rest in Blue. Well, from the uh, sort of very, you know, more latest, we're going right back now to his early career when he was a member of the Humble Bums. And uh, this is a track called Her Father Didn't Like Me Anyway.
Every generation. Castledown FM 104.7. Sounds interesting. With Steve G.
that's uh, Jerry Rafferty with Who Cares. Uh, a few minutes ago we played uh, a track by the Humble Bums, which of course included uh, Billy Connolly as well. Well, when the Humble Bums inevitably went uh, their separate ways, Jerry Rafferty was apparently less than thrilled to discover that he owed the record uh, label one more album. Uh, and despite its unpromising genius, uh, he did come up with uh, Can I Have My uh, Money Back, which was arguably the strongest collection of Rafferty's material to appear thus far, uh, with a set of desolate lyrical themes uh, included alienation, cynicism, disillusionment, mistrust of the music industry, the frustrations of relationships, and uh, these would all become actually trademarks of the writer's work throughout the 70s and beyond. In fact, Rafferty had stockpiled so much new material over the last year or so that uh, the eventual album, which was issued in November 1971, by which time uh, Rafferty had formed uh, Steeler's Wheel and uh, omitted a number of songs, uh, several takes of Who Cares, for example, were left on the cutting room floor, although Rafferty would revisit the song, uh, albeit in substantially different guises, uh, on the second Steeler Wheel uh, album. And we're going to finish with Steeler's Wheel, of course, that uh, Stuck in the Middle with You, uh, which we played earlier, but uh, his his newer version. Um, But before we do that, let's have another one from uh, Jerry Rafferty uh, from his early career. This is called Mary Skevington.